Did you know that every 29 seconds, a woman is raped in South Africa? Did you know that in South Africa, men kill women every four hours? That a child is raped every three minutes? And that femicide in South Africa is five times higher than the global average? Did you know that 50% of South Africa's children will be abused before the age of 18. I bet you didn't know that Interpol has named South Africa the rape capital of the world. My name is Tiseto Zambo and I am the host right here on Sessions with Seto. Thank you very much for joining the revolution. It is the month of April, also known as Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And I think it is more than befitting that the theme of the month be around that, the awareness of sexual assault. Therefore, in today's episode, I want to talk about rape culture and first of all, there's a hierarchy of rape culture. And I don't think I can do the entire hierarchy in one episode. So maybe I will just have a continuation of that the following week. But I'd like to touch on rape culture as well as my opinion or my feelings or my thoughts around the whole matter. This is a trigger warning. All views expressed on the show are 100% that of Diseto Tambo and I will not be filtering anything I would like this episode to be as informal as possible because that will ensure me being as authentic as I can be meaning I will not filter my emotions or my thoughts I will try to not make it too emotional or not emotionally invest a lot in this episode. But it will be hard seeing that it is an emotionally charged topic as is. And that if I remove the emotions, then I will be invalidating so many other people's emotions people that were victims of sexual assault and we don't want that so I want this to be very authentic I hope you guys are ready for the revolution like I said in the previous episode I need soldiers I need people that are ready to fight I need people that see the injustice and don't sit back and be bystanders or be passive about the injustice. I want people that are active fighters. So I hope you guys are ready. Let's start the revolution. So we are talking rape culture. Now, I just want to quickly run through the definition Rape culture exists in a society or environment in which common social beliefs, attitudes, and morals normalize sexual violence. 
encourages people to associate sex with violence and minimize the seriousness of sexual violence. Within rape culture, sexual violence is accepted, justified, and not challenged enough by society. The number of sexual assaults is high, but the rates of convictions of perpetrators are low, and excuses are often made to justify why people commit sexual violence. Rape jokes are common. The word rape gets casually thrown into conversations to describe things other than sex without consent. For example, did you see the game last night? We totally raped them. And people are told don't get raped more often than people are told don't rape. Now, the impact of rape culture are negative. Within rape culture, women especially are made to feel as though it is their responsibility to avoid being sexually assaulted and police their behavior as a result. So, for example, women may choose to avoid wearing certain clothing, drinking alcohol, or walking home alone at night. Survivors are often blamed for the sexual assault instead of the perpetrator, even though it is always the fault of the person doing the harmful sexual behavior. Rape culture also enforces the unhelpful belief that men cannot be victims of sexual violence. Because of this, survivors are less likely to report their assaults because they are afraid of not being believed. This can slow down the healing process and the perpetrator is not held responsible for their crimes. I would also like to include how the media and pornography add onto the rape culture. So the media, which newspapers, television, movies, social media, etc., play an important role within rape culture. It can desensitize people to the seriousness of sexual violence, sexualizes and objectifies female bodies, and often sympathizes with perpetrators instead of the survivors. Pornography also plays a big role in rape culture. Within porn, sex and violence are interconnected, which can train people to be aroused by violent sex. This sends the incorrect message to the viewer that this is what normal sex looks like. A lot of porn is explicitly rape porn, which portrays the incorrect message that people enjoy rape and that sexual violence is normal. Mm. So a couple of words, um, a couple of words that perpetuate rape culture or that live within the rape culture are words such as bitch, Oh, well, for for women, because these for women and then these for men. So for women, words that perpetuate rape culture are the words such as bitch, dirty, whore, slut, loose, a groupie, a skank, a hoe, asking for it, women sleep around. Oh, she's too cheap. Oh, she's too fast. Oh, you nasty. You're a floozy. You're a hooker. You're a prostitute. 
and words for the males, such as he's manly. Those are words that perpetuate rape culture. He's manly. He's hot. He's strong. He's a player. He's a slayer. He's a ladies' man. He's a tough guy. He's a badass. He's a lady killer. These are all words that perpetuate rape culture. And let me help you with the how does that really help rape culture? Well, rape culture is a hierarchy, right? And it has four levels. Four ascending levels. It starts with the bottom tier, which is victimization. And within the first tier of victimization, you have sexism, homophobia, homophobia, almost said homophobism, <laughs> homophobia, transphobia jokes, problematic language and objectification. So you have things like, oh, boys will be boys, right? So boys sitting around and doing things that, in inverted commas, boys always do, like catcalling and not calling them out on catcalling, rather saying, oh, no, but that's just what guys do anyways. That is problematic. That, that perpetuates rape culture. Part of the victimization here is rape jokes. So, you know, one example that I will make about a rape joke that in my previous life I used to make, right? Um, you are raping the chewing gum. Can I bail it out? It doesn't sound bad, right? doesn't sound bad at all but the problem is we are using the word rape and we are not using to describe what it actually is which is sex without consent but rather we are using it as a joke to describe how someone is violently chewing their bubble gum It's funny because now that I say it out loud, I see how we associate rape with that violence, right? Instead of associating rape with no consent, which that is what rape is, sex without consent. So rape jokes need to end, guys, because they perpetuate the rape culture. If you are in a room where a sexual assault victim or survivor, rather, is present and you go and make that rape joke about, for example, the bubble gum, you don't see any problem with the joke but the impact that it has on the survivor could be to their de um to their detriment because here you are talking so jokingly about rape when they have experienced it 
Then we have sexist attitudes. So all these things that I will be mentioning, like I said, this is the bottom tier of the hierarchy, meaning these small anyana things, these minute, in inverted commas, these minute things lead to the second tier. And, excuse me, and the second tier then manifests the third tier. Therefore, it manifesting the last tier, which is the explicit violence. So small things like sexist attitudes and the beliefs that men are somehow more superior than women or have more power or more social standing than women lead and perpetuate the rape culture. We also have unwanted touching, which may not be non-sexual. So unwanted touching would be like... Um, so for example, I had to learn this as well because I'm one of those people where when I'm laughing... I will want to high-five you when I'm laughing. One thing about me, I will want to high-five you when I'm laughing. And sometimes I'm with a group of people or I'm with a person who is unfamiliar with that, right? That when I laugh, I want to get high-fived. So I laugh and then I'll reach out to high-five the person and they don't reach out back. Then I end up just hitting their shoulder or hitting their backs or something right and some people look at you funny like what are you trying to do but some people understand that oh actually she wanted to give me a high five but then I had to learn that hmm if the roles were reversed if this person was trying to high five me and I was unaware um, that the high five was coming my way and they ended up just touching my shoulder or hitting my thigh or whatever on my back, I would really be offended because why are you touching me? For what? Why are you touching me? It is an unwanted touch. Even if it's not sexual, but why are you touching me? And I had to teach myself that hmm, maybe, maybe give yourself a high five in your heart. Maybe, maybe that will be better than giving out unwanted touches right um the disclosure of private details this is all still part of the bottom tier called victimization of the rape culture hierarchy <sighs> disclosure of private details so that would be i tell you that your friend you know this guy did this and this and this to me. Or, you know, I actually experienced something like this and this and this with someone, right? I share that private information with a friend that I trust. And he or she decides to disclose my private details to someone else. That is a perpetuation of rape culture. Now, please remember that these are not isolated incidents. 
all the incidents that I will be talking about within the hierarchy are not isolated incidents. One way or another, they have a butterfly effect on each other, which then leads to the ultimate explicit violence, be it rape, battery, incest, or murder, right? The attitudes and the actions on the bottom tiers reinforce and excuse those on the upper because it is systematic. So the actions and the attitudes at the bottom tier, which is victimization, then lead to the second tier. Right? So the second tier is degradation. And that's where you find traditional roles, the glass ceiling, rigid gender-based stereotypes, catcalling, you know, revenge porn, groping, inverted commas, dick pics, threats, or stalking, and in inverted commas, upskirt photos. So part of the degradation tier, I would like to start with, okay, let's start with traditional roles. So now the traditional roles for men and women are basic, right? And I'm doing this as I'm rolling my eyes, basic, which are the women belong in the kitchen. They have the, inverted commas, motherly role, which is you cook, you clean, look after the family, look after the children, you're the caregiver, you're more emotional, you know, you're more in tune with um, your inner being and your emotions. And for the men, their roles are to be the provider, right? Their roles are to be the protectors, um, to be the decision makers. They are the heads of the family and the wives or the women are the necks of the family. Again, I am rolling my blind eyes. Those are the traditional rules. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're sitting there thinking, okay, so, yeah, and how does that lead to rape culture? Well, because of the traditional gender roles, right? As I've said, traditionally, men are, and when I say traditionally, please, I'm not talking about traditions associated with culture no traditionally in a traditional sense of society men are held to a much higher regard in terms of respect and being you know you know respect the man um the man makes all the decisions you know and then the women come second because they are the neck right Therefore, that would put or that would easily make someone believe that, oh, because because society thinks so highly of me and because society puts me on such a pedestal that I must be respected, it is easy for me to walk around and get away with certain things because, I mean, socially standing, I am on top. I am top tier, Right? And then we move on to glass ceilings. Now, glass ceilings, 
for me, in this sense, I would say are put for women. So you know how women that, um, excuse me, women that, let's say you have, I don't want to put a number to the children. That's the problem. So let's say you have children, right? And you are married and you don't have a helper at home as well you do all the you do all the domestic work as the woman and you also have a 9 to 5 job and you also have children and then at work maybe you get promoted to like management right you are seen as breaking the glass ceiling because oh not a lot of women manage to do domestic work do a nine-to-five, have children, and still break boundaries and become managers and work hard enough to become, you know, top management. Those glass ceilings are set for women. Whereas you may find that there is a man that does his own domestic work at home, that is a single father, that is a top manager um, in, within the organization that he's working for. But it is not seen as a glass ceiling for him because, I mean, men were made to thrive, right? Again, you know what? I think throughout this whole episode, I will constantly be rolling my eyes. And I think I will need new glasses after this because I'm going to be blind, right? So we have rigid gender-based stereotypes. So I think I've already touched base on this. Um, They're rigid because it's a stereotype that women belong in the kitchen and they need to clean and they need to cook and they need to look after the children. And it's a bit rigid because now what about the man that is a single father that does do his own domestic work and does cook and clean for his children, looks after the children, takes care of them and also works. Then what do you say about that kind of man? Hmm? Then in our society, you'll hear them saying, I ulisiwe, or he's been bewitched. These are the small things that we say that perpetuates rape culture. Then you have catcalling. You, I hate catcalling. I hate, you wait too, I hate catcalling. And it's, what pisses me off the most about catcalling is that whenever you are being catcalled and you turn around and you respond to the cat calling you when I say respond I don't mean you're compliant to it no 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 like you respond and you tell them to stop it or to shut up or you talk back as you should you stand up for yourself they will swear at you you will be made to feel like you think oh okay so when are you think you're pretty okay so okay Ooh, I'm getting ahead of myself let me let me take a second to calm down because I literally placed myself in a catcalling situation and all the emotions just right so what is catcalling here's an example for you um and i will make this in a setting that most people might understand so ekasi right in the township you will find a group of guys chilling by the corner or chilling in Maguleni 
or at the tuck shop or at this puzzle or whatever. And as a woman, when you walk past them, and I, I don't only want to limit this to women because I think I experienced more catcalling as a teenager. Yeah. Let me not compare it to my adulthood, but more of it was experienced as a teenager. So as a young woman and as a woman, as you pass by this group of men, one of them, if not two or three or all of them, they start calling out. They start calling out at you. Yo, baby. Yo, 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 sweetie, yo, sweetness, yo, mamas. Um, what else do they say? Yo, sexiness. <laughs> yo, boys are stupid, hey? Yo, sexiness. Yo, sweetness. I lazy buffet. Yo, here we go. Lazy buffet. I lazy. Yo, I lazy. Siababa buffet. I baby, baby, Now, I don't know if logically for them calling you out like this, do they think they are sh like shouting praises towards you? Do they think that in your head as the girl, it's a moment of walking down the red carpets and you have all these people around you calling out your name, fanning out. I don't know if that's what they think happens in our minds, but I will tell you what happens in our minds the whole time. I'm walking past you guys. My anxiety is right here in my throat, number one. Because, number one, it is embarrassing. It is, Jonga, I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed because you are here calling out, making a spectacle, and all eyes must now be on me, right? You don't know if I have a low self-esteem. Hmm. I don't like people looking at me. I don't like people watching me. And here you are drawing all this attention to me. It is not a compliment. It is not a compliment. You know, I once raised this up with some guy. And a part of me is like, let me call him out. Let me shout his name out for the masses to hear that. Ooh, mm, 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 mm. Things like this. But eh, because I'm with, I'm a shillin and I cannot afford to be sued. I will not. But this guy, right, I raised this catcalling thing with him. And he said to me, yeah, but, but you guys complain when we don't, um, when we don't court you guys. I don't know what shella is in English. We, when we don't ask you out. <laughs> mm, my brain is asleep. Okay. Anyways, you guys don't complain. I mean, you guys complain or you guys get upset when we don't ask you out. When when a guy doesn't ask you out or doesn't say a compliment to you, um, when you walk from home to the corner or from the corner to home and no one says anything to you, you guys get upset. And I remember looking at this guy, thinking, are you mad? Are you mad? Are you not embarrassed? 
foolish man. You think we live for the male gaze. You think we live for men to compliment us every day. You think, oh, Ngozam, you think that I don't know that I am beautiful. You think I don't know that I'm pretty. You think I need you to say it to validate my perception of myself. I am going to put myself on the line and say, I would love it if I went, let me not even say 12 months, let me not even say 30 days. If I could leave the house right now, spend the whole day out there in society, in the streets, and then come back home later on, I would be more than happy to come back home and not um, have been catcalled, not get unwanted. And when I say compliments, I'm saying this in inverted commas because clearly this person saying it thinks it's a compliment, but to me it's, yeah, unsolicited. You know, I would actually love to come back home without anyone saying anything, without anyone sexualizing me or objectifying me or catcalling or nothing. Just shut up. Don't say anything. You don't even have to greet me when you see me. How about that? Yeah, let's see. Let's see Klapugaban. Let's see Tabugaban on the inside. Because I think men cannot even help themselves. I think they wake up in the morning and write down a list of things that they will be saying to objectify women or how they're going to sexualize women for the day. Yeah, that's what I think. <sighs> I'm okay. Moving right along. Still within the tier of degradation, we have revenge porn. Okay, so revenge porn, eh? I decide to take some nudes. There's nothing wrong with you taking nudes you don't even have to explain yourself as to why you find the need to take pictures of yourself naked that is your conscious choice and conscious decision fine then you send it to your partner send it to your girlfriend send it to your boyfriend shop when the moment they decide see you 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 gave consent by sending it to your partner, right? And then your partner decides, ah, let me show the girls my boyfriend's nudes. Or let me show the guys my girlfriend's nudes. At that moment when they make that decision to share, yes, to, to share your nudes that is called leaking they are leaking them because you did not send it to other people you sent it to that one person and if they send it to other people it's them leaking the nudes that is revenge porn as well as if you and your partner decide to make a sex tape for your enjoyment and then one of you guys, after the breakup, or even during, decides to leak the tape with other people. That is revenge porn. One of 
the biggest success stories of revenge porn in the 21st century is Kimberly Kardashian, who whose sex tape was leaked. And instead of her reputation being tarnished, she made money off of it. And she made a brand out of it. Now, not everybody has the ability to turn such a dark and hideous thing into such a beautiful thing, right? So do not think that, oh no, ah, my girlfriend, my girlfriend studied public relations. She will bounce back from this. Or my ex studied and they will, but no, 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 no. Don't try it because you will be arrested. You will be prosecuted. I almost said persecuted, of which persecution, in my opinion, should be brought back. But that is a topic for another day. Then we have groping. You know, there's actually, a, oh, I didn't think that I had so much, or oh, so, um, excuse me, so many opinions on some of these things. Okay, so let's get through this real quick. We have groping. Now, groping, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have experienced groping. Groping is when someone touches you, sexually touches you, right? Um, I think I should get like the actual definition of what groping is and not just my definition of what groping is, right? So groping is to fondle someone for sexual pleasure roughly or clumsily or without the person's consent. Fondling. Do you know what fondling is? Yeah, it is fondling. Now, <laughs> groping happens a lot. So a lot of groping cases have been reported to have happened in public transports. So the bus, the taxi, you, Sana, you can imagine Guriavaya when we're all standing there and then someone decides to grope you and then act like, oh no, the bus is too full, can you not see? Obviously, I will touch you um, by mistake. Things have happened. Things have happened. And I have stood my ground and people have decided to make silly excuses but I still held them accountable. So I also want to highlight how grouping is a huge thing in primary school. I'm not even going to touch a high school, but in the primary school, a lot of grouping was happening. You know, boys will come and they'll touch your bum and then they'll run away. And now it's a game and you're laughing and now you're chasing after them. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh -uh. This is why it is so important to teach children in primary school about sexual harassment so that they grow up knowing that actually grouping is not a game. Grouping has It's not playing tag. Grouping is sexual harassment. And that perpetuates bigger and much scarier actions that might lead to extreme cases of rape murder, battery, or incest. Okay, I think it's best I move on to the next tier because I might not finish. Third tier is the removal of 
autonomy. So that is where you find harassment, you find threats, verbal abuse, you find um, physical, emotional, and financial abuse. You find sexual harassment. Um, you find dozing. So dozing would be like um, date rape. So when someone slips a roofie in your drink or they spike your drink, that is dozing. You find statutory rape, which is sex with a minor. If you have sex with a child, under the age of, is it 16? I think it is 16. If you sleep with someone under the age of 16, I'm not sure, has it been taken up to 18? I'm not really sure if it's 18 or 16, but it is considered statutory rape. Um, it is considered sex with a minor. So for all you grown men out there that like children in high school, that are dating girls and guys in high school that is against the law and as society we know those people that do that we know them I, we know them very well but oh no it's none of our business you see this none of our business culture needs to end some things yes it is none of your business how someone made all that money and how that person Oh my gosh, this one, she used to be so broke. Now all of a sudden, we are, we are in that. That is none of your business. But how that old man is chasing all these young children in high school and, you know, taking, him, uh, taking them in his car and sleeping with them, that is your business. As a member of society, that is your business because that is statutory rape. And such behavior perpetuates the rape culture. Then we have sexual coercion. Sexual coercion would be, so, you know, I, I'd like to make examples that I know people know about or people have experienced and they weren't really sure if was I coerced or not. Sexual coercion, for example, okay, I'll make, I'll make two examples, right? Sim Chai you had a party, you had groove, it's lit, it's popping, it's happening. And then you and a guy or you and a girl decide, okay, no, let's go home. I'm going home with you, right? Shop, you guys go out, and then you end up at the guy's place or at the girl's place, whatever. And then when you guys are there, maybe you decide, Ugh, actually, um, I don't really want to have sex anymore. And then the guy, Akfagu Chase, go home at 3 a.m. or at 2 a.m. in the morning. Mind you, there's no way you're going to walk home. Let's say when you live in Mufolo North or you live in Mufolo. There's no way you're going to walk home. Hello. Oh, there's no way you're going to want to walk home at 2 a.m. in the morning. So you decide, okay, okay, no, yeah, okay, shop, yeah, I, let's have sex, yeah. Just so that you can be safe for the night. You can sleep for the night in a safe place and then go home in the morning when it is safe to do so. That is sexual coercion. I don't want to sleep with you. And then when are you going to put me in an 
in a compromising situation where you know very well that there's no way I'm going to go home. So basically, it's like manipulation. You're coercing me into sleeping with you. Another example would be, um, so you start talking to someone, right? Guys start talking, guys are chatting, <laughs> cool stuff. And then they invite you over, like, come see me, man. People that you talk to are always in hospital, so they always want visits. Then you go over to Bona them, right? Then when you get there, this guy is now expecting you to sleep with him because how when we expect him more to Zongbona, duh, obviously Uzulalanam. That's that's his logic or his reasoning, right? Now when you get there, he makes advances towards you. Or she makes advances towards you, right? And then you pull back and you're like, I no, And then they say to you, I don't know That is sexual coercion. You are coercing me into sleeping with you against my will. I just rolled my eyes several times because... I, I don't understand people's logic. Anyways, safe word violate. Okay, as part of the removal of autonomy, we are now on the third tier. We are still on the top tier. Um, COVID. Ooh, <laughs> not COVID. Covert condom removal, also known as still thing, when you remove the condom without the other person's consent or without their knowledge rather that is part of rape culture as well as as well as um safe word violations so you know how people some people are kinky right and during their foreplay or during their whatever role playing think of bdsm think of christian gray Within those settings, there are safe words that one says to alert the other person to stop. So if, let's say, for example, our safe word is rich. If I start saying rich and you don't stop, you are violating the safe word. Therefore, it's no longer consensual, right? And then we get to the last tier, which is top tier, which all the attitudes and actions from the last three tiers reinforce and excuse this last top tier, which is explicit violence. That's where you find rape. That's where you find murder, battery, and incest. So battery is... Um, Battery is assault, like physical assault. Battery is hitting, punching, you know, yeah. Physical abuse, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Physical violence is battery. You have rape, which we know what rape is, sex without consent. We have murder and incest. Incest is um, sex between family members. 
Rape culture is real. I would like everyone to understand that rape culture is real. Excuse me. Excuse me. Rape culture is real. The things that happen at the bottom tier perpetuate the things that happen at the top tier. They lead to things that happen at the top tier. Here are a few sexual violence myths versus facts. It is a myth that women are most likely to be raped outside, after dark, and by a stranger. So women should not go out alone at night. Here is a fact. Around 10% of rapes are committed by strangers. Around 90% of rapes are committed by known men and often by someone who the survivor has previously trusted or even loved. Another myth. Only young, attractive women and girls who are flirtatious and wear tight clothes are raped. Fact. People of all ages, appearances, classes, cultures, abilities, genders, sexualities, races, and religions are raped. Rape is an act of violence and control. The perceived attractiveness of a victim has very little to do with it. Myth. When it comes to sex, women and girls sometimes play hard to get and say no when they really mean yes. Here's a fact for you. Everyone has the legal right to say no to sex and to change their mind about having sex at any point of sexual contact. If the other person does not stop, they are committing sexual assault, known as rape. Here are a couple of statistics. One in two women have experienced sexual violence other than rape in their lifetime. One in five men have experienced sexual violence other than rape in their lifetime. Fewer than 5% of completed or attempted rapes against college women were reported to law enforcement. One in five women have experienced completed or attempted rape in their lives. 41% of women reported experiencing physically aggressive street harassment. One in three women experience physical or sexual violence by an intimate partner. Women have a 50% to 95% chance of developing post-traumatic stress disorder after being raped. One in six boys are sexually abused before the age of 16. Only 26.2% of men who experienced childhood sexual abuse disclosed at the time of the abuse. 18% of men reported experiencing verbal street harassment. 67.5% of instances of rape are estimated to go unreported. 
Among college women, 9 out of 10 victims of sexual assault knew the person who sexually assaulted them. Remember, sexual violence thrives when it is not taken seriously and victim blaming goes unchecked. Remember, consent is ongoing. Anyone can change their mind about what they're interested in doing at any time. Consent is freely given. Saying yes without pressure or manipulation. Consent is specific. Saying yes to one act, like kissing, doesn't mean you've said yes to others, like oral sex. Consent is informed, not deceiving or lying. For example, if someone says they'll use a condom, then they don't. There isn't full consent. And consent is enthusiastic. It's about wanting to do something. Not feeling like you have to or should do something. In conclusion, sexual assault happens when a person decides to harm someone. It is never, ever a victim's fault. Some victims may talk about it right away, while others may wait months or even years. It's important to support survivors, whether they speak out publicly or not. And if you or anyone that you know is a rape survivor or needs counseling, you can reach out to the People Opposing Women Abuse, also known as POWER, which is a feminist women's rights organization providing clinical, legal, and sheltering services to survivors of domestic violence and rape. And you can reach out to them on 011-642-4345. That's 011-642-4345. Thank you very much for joining the revolution. I hope you have learned a couple of things about rape culture that perhaps you were engaging in and weren't aware of some maybe you were but now that you have been taught what rape culture is and how it perpetuates the bigger picture of rape I hope you will inform others as well please tell your friends to tell their friends to listen to my podcast wherever you get your podcast from Please don't forget to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Stay blessed. Keep on keeping on. The revolution has only begun.